Thanks for downloading Making Waves from the University of Portsmouth. I'm Trudy Monk, and in my day job, I champion and support the incredible alumni of our university. We're really proud of our graduate community and how they're making their mark and finding solutions to global challenges. These interviews showcase how our alumni are making positive changes in their businesses, communities and careers. In this first series, we're focusing on the environment. What our alumni are doing in this space goes hand in hand with what the university is doing to ensure an environmentally sustainable future, including making the bold commitment to being climate positive by 2030. By empowering our community and coming together, we know we can make a huge difference. In this episode, my colleague John Worsey speaks to Bruno Agachukwu about his work as a health and safety environment consultant. In recent years, businesses have had to completely rethink the way they operate, taking into consideration the impact they have on the environment. But how do companies make sure that their work is environmentally friendly? One way is to seek help from a health and safety environment specialist someone with the expertise to help companies make their work practices safe for the environment. Someone like Bruno. Trying to influence people to change behaviour, it's not the easiest thing to do. What I say is this, just take whatever you can get and run with it and then come back and ask for one. Bruno's work challenges some of the biggest culprits when it comes to environmental impact. Let's hear what motivates him to persuade others to change their ways. This is Making Waves. So I'm with Bruno Agachuku, Portsmouth alumnus. Uh, Bruno, thank you very much uh, for joining us. Now, you graduated back in 2011, so about eight, nine years ago as we speak. Um, let's start with, uh, with the present. What are you doing with your life today? Um, thank you very much, John, for having me. Um, at the moment, um, I'm a health and safety environment consultant uh, on a current contract with uh, Scottish Power Renewables as offshore environmental advisor. Uh-huh. Uh, in, in my current role, um, I kind of uh, walk across multiple packages, uh, providing environmental advice, um, uh, also uh, looking at reviewing contractors' uh, documentation before. A commencement of work, um, carrying out environmental audits and inspections of contractors' uh, facilities, things like um, you know offshore vessel inspections and uh, um, offshore substation inspections. I also provide training um, and uh, draw up environmental awareness bulletins. So if I find anything that is uh, stood out for me during my inspections or audits. I tend to create uh, some sort of uh, an awareness bulletin to um, highlight those areas of concerns or areas of intervention to ensure that either the company that I'm working for or other clients that I support are in compliance with um, environmental health and safety regulations and sometimes, you know, support them with moving beyond compliance, uh, promoting uh, sustainability and life cycle thinking you know, so that those companies can, you know, either gain competitive advantage or also, you know, gain the trust of, you know, all of the relevant stakeholders. 
Gotcha. It sounds really. It sounds really varied. So I guess then it sounds like you're um you're a freelance contractor. So you do this kind of work on a contract basis for a range of different organisations. Is that right? Yes, uh, absolutely. Yeah, I do it for a range of different. Uh, you know. Uh, clients um you know some big clients and i also support a number of small clients yeah absolutely is that across uh, a whole different set of industries or is some um, sort of energy and renewables a particular specialist area for you um i would probably say yeah you know uh, civil engineering so construction oil and gas and renewables are my main areas of uh, you know, focus at the moment and gotcha. sometimes waste management as well. So um, environmental health and safety, um, I'm going to I'm gonna just make sure that I clarify my own understanding of, of, of sort of where, I guess, where the comma is in that and what it means. Um, so what I mean by that is, 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 is your field particularly looking at health and safety as it relates to uh, environmental matters, or is it looking at health and safety broadly, but also um, the environment as a, as a sort of third additional issue? Because I think everybody is familiar with health and safety, but environmental health and safety is a is a pretty dis- distinct and I imagine relatively it, new field. If is that fair to say? No, I, I would say that I actually concentrate mainly on environmental, you know, compliance. Uh-huh. But I also have expertise in health and safety uh, gotcha. that I do help out, you know, but I would say probably 80% of my work would be focused on environmental management. Right. Gotcha. You know, so, so, what, so, what? so I tend to, I, I tend to add health and safety because, you know, I've also got expertise in those areas and sure. some clients I support, you know, do want, you know, me to make impute in the health and safety areas as well, but it's mainly environmental compliance that I do. Got you. So what would drive an, an organisation then to hire you would be really its sort of its sense of corporate social responsibility and this growing awareness that um, organisations really do have to step up and be responsible with uh, their impact um, on the environment. Yeah. Yeah. So what, yeah. what, what kinds of issues then um, do you tackle? I don't want you to sort of give away client confidentiality or anything, but could you give us a flavour of the kinds of... Uh, the kinds of things that you investigate and the kind of things that you discover, um, maybe some of the things that you've helped to, to fix over the years. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, um, one of some of the key issues that I tend to look at, it's things like uh, resource and waste management, how are organisations, you know, dealing with their waste? You know, mm-hmm. are they dealing with it in, in the most responsible um, you know, sustainable way possible. Are they treating waste as a resource? Uh, you know, uh, focusing more on um, actually either prevention of the waste, you know, have a, you know, a holistic waste management strategy where they're thinking about, you know, prevention of the waste in the first place and then think about reuse, recycling uh, before disposal. Um, another key area that I would look at are things surrounding you know which is quite a big in, in renewables because we tend to use a lot of uh, you know construction vessels that yeah. use quite a lot of the burn quite a lot of fuel so you know looking at energy efficiency you know um you know ways to ensure that the uh, you know the vessels are using um you know fuel, burning fuel as efficiently as possible to minimize obviously you know uh, yeah. emissions either you know air pollution 
emissions and also, you know, minimize, uh, you know, the carbon emissions and, you know, the organizational footprint. Uh, this is one area I look at. Looking at things uh, surrounding chemical discharges, again, this is very crucial in the marine environment. And also, again, in, in offshore industry, we tend to, a lot of the construction is carried out, you, you know, that would involve the use of uh, particularly uh, things like oils and greases, you know, that are used to lubricate either some of the subsea equipment that are deployed into the marine environment. So making sure that we're using environmentally, you know, friendly chemicals where, you know, there's no other way of avoiding discharges to the environment or yeah. making sure that where possible, you know, that, you know, we avoid the use of harmful or toxic, toxic chemical substances. And then finally, things surrounding, you know, biodiversity, you know, making sure that, you know, we're not uh, affecting, you know, the um, biodiversity of the marine environment in the way we conduct our operations. So if there are ways that we can avoid a particularly sensitive, you know, marine ecosystem, you know, then, you know, that would be our recommended, you know, approach or recommendation to the company to avoid those sensitive areas and also monitoring uh, both pre-construction and post-construction to, to ensure that we've had you know the least minimal impact on uh, the marine ecosystem so these are some of the areas that you know uh, we like to uh, highlight for either intervention uh, to ensure that those clients that i support uh, stay in compliance and improve their environmental performance Got you. Do you tend to come on board um, then with these companies at a stage where uh, your role is about sort of identifying the potential risks and mitigating them, um, or are there or are there occasions where you will come on board and actually you need to sort of diagnose there is a problem with the way that you're doing this right now and this is how we fix it? Um, I, I've, I've tended to, you know, uh, how would I put this, maybe, John? I would probably say that. Oftentimes, I've been called in uh, during construction, so you yeah. know I have, you know, sort of not had that much impact on the way things have been planned, and you know now we're kind of now looking at possibly areas where they can improve uh, their environmental footprint. Um, so, which sometimes can be a bit, you know, frustrating for me because. You know, sometimes it's best to, you know, be involved at the planning stages where you can actually yeah. plan stuff, help build a strategy, you know, to prevent those things from happening rather than firefighting down the line. So, you know, mostly I get involved downstream um, during construction and I'm kind of chasing compliance. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, post planning and it's, it's, it's a, a little bit more difficult, you know, to, to change hearts and minds. And then, you know, it's a little bit more difficult to make, you know, um, the kind of positive impact that I would have loved, you know, yeah. compared to if I was involved at the planning stages. Yeah. Am I right to assume that environmental health and safety is a is a kind of relatively new specialism then out there in the world that, that um, it's maybe uh, yours is a role that companies are waking up to the fact that they will need um, perhaps rather than a role that was common maybe 10 years ago or something? Um, I, I, yes, I would say that because a lot of companies, you know, for for reasons of, um, I would say, efficiency and cost, and cost are kind of trying to integrate, particularly offshore, are trying to integrate environment, health and safety. So you get specialists 
you know, who are either health and safety specialists and then they've added on the environmental, you know, aspect. It's usually the case that these are health and safety advisors or health and safety consultants that they've now added the E yes. to their role, you know, but then they're not, what you tend to find is that, is that they're not really that, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're not really that E-capable, environmental capable. So, uh-huh. you know, so it, yeah, in that way, I would say it, it's it's relatively new. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, um, a lot of companies uh, do have HSE specialists and still employ environmental specialists to support those health, health and safety specialists environment health and safety specialists, you know, with the E aspects of their job, because obviously, you know, the environmental area has, you know, kind of grown massively with so many complex regulations. And, you know, so it's, it's difficult for one person to kind of, you know, have these, you know, multi uh, matter or subject matter expertise. Yeah. But I am lucky in that way that I've got, you know, um, multi subject um, capability that I'm able to do the three roles at the same time. In your experience, would you say that um, people listening to this, sh- should people generally feel kind of reassured that um, that companies are taking their environmental responsibilities seriously? Or do you feel like there's a bit of a way to go in some cases uh, before it really is broadly accepted across, across kind of the business community that uh, environment has to be really kind of forefront at the planning stage not just fixed in progress yeah i i in all honesty i would say from my experience a lot of companies are still kind of stuck you know with a compliance mentality you know they will do what they are required to do by law you know and it, where, where we have problem, where, where I am kind of a you know seeing reoccurring trend, it's companies not willing to move beyond compliance, you know, just to do the right thing. So in that way, I, I still think there's a bit of greenwashing, unfortunately, yes. that is still you know widely uh, you know practiced within various sectors. That I think we still have some ways to go before people own up to their responsibilities and actually realize that, you know, we've only got one planet and, you know, we're just going to have to look after it or, you know, we are doomed. Yes, absolutely. Which actually brings me on to a question. So you mentioned before that a lot of people in your field are H&S first and then they've, they've kind of tacked the E on because it needs to be there. Whereas in your case, I think it's fair to say that, that you know, it's you're very much big E environmental. You know, it's a It's a key part of your approach and your your sort of philosophy around your work. So I wanted to ask a little bit about what what motivates you to do this uh, for your career? Why does it matter to you? Yeah, I think, you know, growing up in Nigeria, you know, and looking at, you know, some of the environmental problems, uh, particularly in the Niger Delta uh, uh, region of the country, uh, where, where, which is quite close to where I grew up and looking at, the, you know, the devastation of the environment, um, you know, sort of, you know, made me a bit more aware. And, um, you know, I started reading up things about, you know, climate change, deforestation, pollution and the rest of them. And that really got me interested. And I realized that I wanted to actually, you know, make a positive impact. And uh, 
also kind of support the common good. So, you know, I'm motivated to do what I do, essentially, because I just think it's the right thing to do. It's the moral thing to do. Like I said, you know, we've only got one planet. And I also do it because of my children. I, I, I just want to make sure that I can, you know, pass on, you know, a planet or, you know, an Earth that is as good as it was when we inherited it from, you know, the generations before us. Yeah. Yeah, very much. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a sentiment that a lot of people listening to this will will definitely echo, and it's something that we've heard um, from other other alumni as well who are working in environmental and sustainability related fields. Um, so yeah, you mentioned yeah. obviously that having grown up near the Niger Delta, um, obviously at the, at the moment you're working um, up in Scotland and you're working in the UK. Does your work take you internationally? Have you ever had the opportunity, or would you like the opportunity in future to go back and actually make an impact? right there where, yeah, where this sort of all began for you yeah absolutely yeah you know I, I i am hoping that in the future i'll be able to go back you know and you know we're starting to see that cycle because i came over here with a, a scholarship you know funded by the nigerian government so i like to think that i would you know hopefully be able to go back someday and also give back to you know to that community in terms of making a difference because Again, you know, as we know, uh, climate change is going to affect Africa, you know, even worse than, you know, the developed countries or the Western countries, you know, it's going to be more difficult for people to adapt, uh, you know, in some of those regions, in some of the poorer regions of the world. So, uh, you know, I'm hoping that in the future that I can go back, you know, to to give back and and make a difference, you know. you know, to see that we can actually you know, tackle some of those environmental issues such as climate change, you know, air pollution, water pollution, the, desert, the, the desertification that we're now seeing in the northern parts of the country that is driving some of the uh, nomads down south and then causing a lot of conflicts between the northerners and the southerners. Um, you know, I believe that if we can tackle some of those environmental issues, which is at the root cause of some of the you know, um, ethnic conflicts that we see, then, you know, we have stand a better chance of solving some of the, you know, uh, social uh, social problems arising from uh, climate change and environmental issues in, in Nigeria. Definitely. And I think you're in a really interesting place in terms of your contribution to the sort of the global efforts um, to, to tackle climate change and make a more sustainable world possible. Yeah. Because I think on the one hand, obviously, you know companies we talked about this whole piece around companies being compliance driven and then companies who actually really get it and and really embrace their uh their responsibilities um yeah. and i think you know a lot of this stuff obviously is driven by i suppose if you like consumer pressure you know the growing public awareness that uh, yeah. there are you know polluting practices and damaging practices and unsustainable practices and a lot of the time it's that consumer pressure that drives businesses to change but you're in this this fascinating role whereby companies are employing you to to basically walk in and tell them what they're getting wrong and tell them what they can do better so you're sort of you're you're championing uh change sort of on the inside um yeah absolutely and kind of i guess straddling a, a, a responsibility as a almost a temporary employee of the company, but also with, with this broader driver that you, you see the big picture and you see what's happening globally yeah. with, with the problems that you're trying to address. Um, what, what's, that, what's that like for, for you? Is that challenging, being able to 
come into an organisation and sort of be, um, I guess, well, as I say, sort of the, the, the champion of the environment, but having to having to get get across these challenging messages maybe in a way that the company em- embraces. I imagine that must be a really interesting and quite specialist uh, tightrope almost to be able to walk actually to land those messages and, and get people to really embrace doing things differently, not just because they should, but almost because they understand now and they want to. Yeah, I think it's 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 quite challenging because you know yourself, you know, trying to influence people to change their ways. It's it's you know change behavior. It's not you know the easiest thing to do, but yeah. at the same time, at the same time, I do find it rewarding because you know um, at the end of the day, you also see people you know come on board, you know, are willing to make changes. Although there'll be some other people who would you know, probably be resistant, you know, you do also find people who are, you know, willing and, you know, um, kind of able to, you know, uh, embrace some of the recommendations uh, that I've made, you know, along the way. And, and, and sometimes what I say is this, you know, I do also advise all the uh, professionals, you know, not to be not to be uh, discouraged, you know, I, just to keep, you know, going back, keep asking for more, just take whatever you can get and run with it and then come back and ask for more. That's, that's my approach. And, yeah. you, know, I, you know, in some ways, you know, no matter what difference that you can make, as long as, long as you can make a difference, you know, um, then that's, a, you know, a good uh, sort of a building block uh, for future changes to be made. Yeah, definitely. In terms of the changes that that can be made and have been made, um, I wonder are there, are there any sort of highlights when you look back on your career to date? Are there are there kind of sort of victories, for want of a better word, that, that you sort of look back and go, "Yeah, I'm really proud of um, of of having been able to play a role in making that happen." Yeah, um, yeah. There's um, there's been a number of things. Um, one of the ones that stands out to me is. You know, like, because sometimes a lot of the problems are as a result of ignorance as well. So, you know, creating awareness, you know, actually, you you see people, they've been doing something for some people or some, um, you know, uh, clients that I've encountered, they've been doing things in the same way for 20 years without actually understanding that maybe the regulations have moved on, the technology has moved on, you know. And so even by creating awareness, just telling them, you know, what is needed to be done, you know, can, you know, make a whole lot of a difference. Um, you know, one of the things that I can remember is I had a particular uh, case that I worked on where a particular client was, you know, the way incinerating or burning a lot of their waste offshore. Um, and actually I came up and said, well, you don't actually have to do this, you know, with better planning, enhanced planning, you know, your vessels can return ashore and deposit the waste to a recycling facility where, you know, some of the waste can be recycled. And um, eventually they took that on board. And um, I, I think I'm proud of that. And it made a whole lot of difference uh, in terms of their uh, environmental impact. Yeah, I bet it is. impact on their operation, yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's huge because that, that's, a, that's a long-term change now that, you know, I guess every time they're generating that waste... Uh, they're going to be 
disposing of it in a much more uh, much more responsible way, sort of in, in perpetuity now. And hopefully, I yeah, guess... Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely, because I remember when I was discussing it after my audit, I had a, you know, a session with the vessel crew, and you know the captain was like, "Oh, what's the point? We can if we send it offshore, they're gonna burn it offshore." I'm like, "No, they're not. They're not gonna burn it out, burn it offshore. You, you can find, you know, um, a company who's willing to recycle your waste, and you know, you make sure that they actually recycle the waste, and you know, that's that's all you have to do. And eventually, like I said, you know, the um, you know, we incorporated that into their operations, and you know, proud to say their operations are a lot more uh, greener than it used to be. Yeah, it sounds like um, if if someone's sort of hearing your story and and feeling inspired, like you know, they they'd they'd like to do something similar in their career. Is it fair to say that? Um, you know, one one side of what you do is all about having a base of specialist knowledge, but sort of almost as important to actually make change happen is you need to have that understanding of human behaviour and you need to have those those people skills and those communication skills to be able to actually um, get your argument across and really sort of almost, I suppose, sell the benefits and sell the processes and make make these things feel attainable and achievable to, to, to people so that you persuade them to make uh, go, go kind of beyond just their uh, obligations as it were yeah yeah absolutely you know in addition to you know having the technical knowledge of environmental sciences or engineering i think you need an understanding of say things like an appreciation of things like the political organizational or cultural aspects of you know how organizations operate and also how people behave and respond to uh you know um compliance issues to be able yes. to influence them positively so you know good interpersonal skills is also key communication influencing and again like i said negotiating you know you can say as long as it's not something what i say to them i, I mean i have a red line my red line is i would never support anything that it's you know um it's a breach of you know statutory requirements you know as long as something doesn't breach that i you know i i always kind of give them you know a bit of a free hand you know to come up with ways of trying to you know um you know, do things differently to achieve, you know, our stated goals. So you don't have to be prescriptive. So it's a bit of give and take, influence them positively, but be also, you know, um, open to new ways of doing things and negotiating with them, you know, to, you know, to get to a point where, you know, they are now complying, either complying with the law and then gradually, you know, build a framework for moving beyond compliance as well. Um, it's, it's key. So I'd love to look at, at your your journey then into what you're doing now. So I know that you uh, you enrolled at the University of Portsmouth around ten years ago, and uh, you were here doing a postgraduate certificate uh, in occupational health and safety. So was your um, was your degree before that was your degree in environmental science? Is that your background initially? No, my that's the point. My my actual degree, my first degree was in chemistry. So I right. started off as a scientist first. You know. Okay. And, I worked offshore as an offshore chemist again, but, you know, my experiences growing up in Nigeria made me feel like I didn't want to be part of the problem. You know, right. Polluting I industries. Be, yeah. You know, part of this solution. So when I started reading up some of, you know, the environmental issues and my own personal experiences, 
And then I started looking at ways of mitigating those problems that drove me then to want, you know, at the time, you know, to, I wanted to gain a qualification in health safety and environment. I actually enrolled for occupational health safety and environmental management, but then I exited with a postgraduate certificate, you know, rather than, uh, so I, I did do some aspects of environmental legislations and management, but I didn't complete that. So my expertise in this area has actually been driven mainly by a lot of things that I sort of I built up the expertise on my own and gotcha. then some of the expertise I built up in, in work-related roles as well, you know. And then um, I then did my chartership uh, with the Institute of Environmental Sciences, uh, you know, to obtain my chartered environmentalist. So I've kind of, you know, gone through down the experience route yes. into environmental and sustainability rather than the... Uh, you know, qualification route. Gotcha. But it always was sort of the, the idea was always that you would land as a specialist um, in, in the environmental yeah. side. So why, why yeah. was it? That and, you, and also, yeah. and, uh, sorry to join. And also, the other thing I would like to say is this, you know, the environmental area, you know, is quite vast. So there's, you know, the site, I mean, if you're talking about chemistry, there's environmental chemistry, there's environmental biology, ecology, physics. So you actually need you know, a knowledge and understanding of some of the core sciences as well and engineering yes. in addition to some of the sociological aspects, you know, to be able to, you know, um, perform effectively and efficiently as an environmental specialist. So although I started off with science, you know, you know, my knowledge as a, as a chemist, for example, has been very, very crucial to companies wanting to look, you know, look into areas of actually minimizing their environmental footprint with respect to, you know, use of more environmentally friendly chemicals mm. or oils for their equipment and machinery. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's a lot of extra value to bring to a company, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Coming back to your, um, your postgrad certificate then. Um, so why, what, what was it that made you choose Portsmouth to do that qualification in the first place? Yeah. Um, to be honest, at the time, you know, when I was looking for a course uh, to do uh, in occupational health and safety and environmental management, I think the University of Portsmouth actually had perhaps, um, and I may be biased if I say this, <laughs> perhaps one of the strongest, if not, you know, the strongest, you know, um, occupational health and safety and environmental management programs in the country, um, you know, uh, and um I was also kind of, um, they had a network of occupational health and safety professionals then, you know, uh, actually one of them was the guy who helped me to land my first internship in health, safety and environmental management. Oh, right, okay. That was one of the lecturers from yeah. Portsmouth. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. That's great. Yeah. So, was that a sort of a key stepping stone for you then in terms of uh, the career that you've built? Yeah, it was, you know, because then I, I, you know, I interned at Baker Hughes as a health, safety and environmental intern yeah. um, with, with a specific focus on environment, environmental management um, for about six months before then I got my permanent role as, you know, a scientific officer in waste management and environmental monitoring with Aberdeenshire Council. So it was, it was actually, you know, the, uh, the foundation, if, if, if you may, put it that way, foundation step into 
uh, what I'm doing today. Yes. Was that was it getting that the offer of that role? Was that what caused you then to sort of exit early and take the PG certificate? Um, yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah. So we were t- we were too successful at the university in terms of uh, setting, <laughs> setting you up for a yeah. career. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's not a, that's not a bad thing, I guess. Um, right. So okay. Well, that's that's lovely to know that that um, that that someone here at the faculty actually actually w- was that instrumental in in getting you your start down this road. Um, yeah. I know that um, actually currently you're in the process of. Uh, um, I guess uh, coming back to the university is not quite the right way of, of framing, but you're you're uh, you're about to become much more involved uh, with the University of Portsmouth again. But this time you're going to be sort of, I guess, giving giving back in a way because you, I, I believe you're you're going to be um, involved in some of the distance learning provision. Could you tell us a bit about that? Yes, yeah, I, you know, like uh, you know, like I, uh, um, like a couple of months ago, I uh, saw an advert, um, you know, looking for part-time lecturers uh, in the Learn That Work program for occupational health, safety, and environmental management uh, at the University of Portsmouth. You know, so uh, I spoke to the course leader, and I said I'll be interested in actually, you know, coming back, you know, to give back to. Uh, the university that provided me, obviously, with this golden opportunity that I have uh, today, you know, supporting students uh, in the area of either environment or sciences or health and safety. And then she encouraged me to apply for the position. Um, and, um, you know, the rest is history. I was given an appointment uh, about two months ago as a part-time lecturer um so i'll be hopefully gaining some academic experience and also uh you know helping support students in my field to to you know develop as well in the process that's fantastic so you're going to be you're going to be helping to nurture the next generation of of professionals Mm -hmm. to come on and uh join join Uh, you out there in the workplace yeah, absolutely, and 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 that will be key, you know. But particularly, a lot of those students would also be international students. So I think having the same experiences, you know, as some of them, um, you know, would probably also be, you know, kind of, you know, very having some of those unique experiences, you know, growing up in Africa would, you know, place me in a very good position to, um, you know, sort of promote a more put it this way learning inclusive learning opportunities uh, to some of those students from sub-saharan africa yeah. Yeah. Uh, who wouldn't otherwise be uh, exposed to participate in some of the things that uh, you know i've been privy to you know having studied in the uk and university of Portsmouth as well yeah that's fantastic what a great way to build your legacy obviously we've already touched on the fact that you can you you're you're building a career where you're going to be able to look back and be proud of actually having made a lot of differences to the way companies work, but th- this is a way to really expand that, as you say, and um, and and help uh, get a whole new generation out there doing more of what you're doing and building on it uh, for the future. It sounds like the uh, the environment is in is in safe hands. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Because, like I said, you know, um, it's not like. Uh, the- the best part of my job is like I really feel like I'm making a difference. Um, and like I said, at the end of the day, you know, the, the, at the moment there's no planet B, so we must do whatever it takes to make sure that we we heal and we rehabilitate our planet 
you know, F, you know, to to the best of our ability. And um, yeah, as I said, it's, it's, you know, it gives me the feeling of, um, you know, making a difference, making a positive impact and uh, uh, giving back to uh, the uh, global community. So, yeah. When you think about the future, do you feel quite optimistic? Um, do you think we're going to manage, uh, as you say, there's no planet B, do you think we're going to manage uh, fixing planet A in time? I, I, I think, you know, yeah, we've, I think there's, um, I think I'm quite optimistic. I, I do think that the, the reason I say this is because, uh, you know, I've met a lot of people along the way doing what I do. And what I've tend to realize is like, for this, there's, there's almost like an, everyone these days, there's almost like, um, it's almost like everyone is an, is an environmentalist. There's, there's the heart of an environmentalist that resides in everyone. You know, it's just like some people haven't discovered it yet. And I like to think that once you discover that environmentalist in them, you know, it makes a whole lot of difference. So I am optimistic about the future. Because I think that at the, at the end of the day, I think everyone wants to do what's best, you know, for themselves. And invariably, that's doing what's best for the environment, even though that some people haven't realized it yet. But once they do, you know, they, they run with it. You know, they're motivated to, you know, and, you know, recycle. They're motivated to uh, use a lot less energy. They're motivated to, you know, uh, give back to the community. So, uh, um, you know, I, I am I am an optimist, you know, although I'm also a realist. It's going to take a lot of hard work to get there. But, you know, I'm very optimistic. I, I don't I don't believe in cynicism because cynicism means that, you know, um, we've lost faith you know in, in in human beings and i don't want to i don't like to think my, as myself i don't want to think think of myself as a you know a cynic i'm rather i can be skeptical sometimes but not you know cynical absolutely well yeah i think in your line of work and in uh, in a university as well you can't you can't be cynical uh, about human yeah, beings yeah. you know we're, we're both kind of both working in fields that are all about enabling human yeah. beings to to do their absolute best and yeah. to look forward in the world and and find their find their way of contributing yeah. to making things better well i can't, I can't think of a, i can't think of a better note uh, to end on but i will just ask is there anything that we haven't touched on um that you think would be uh important to mention uh before we bring this to a, a close um no, I think we've covered about everything. I just uh, would like to say that, you know, I'd like to thank you for your patience. We've rescheduled this like three times and um, yeah. Yeah, we have. It was definitely definitely right. worth it though. I've, I've, it's been a really yeah, interesting conversation. Yeah. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. And me too. I'm providing me with this platform to share my experiences, you know, with the um, rest of your audience. Oh, you're very welcome. Uh, thank you for giving us your time. Thank you for giving us your time. All right, Bruno, you I take care of yourself. It. Best you luck. Too. Take it easy. Cheers. Yeah. Bye-bye. Thanks to Bruno, companies can take practical steps to make work sustainable and good for the planet, which benefits all of us too. Thanks for listening to this episode of Making Waves. You can find more inspiring interviews with University of Portsmouth alumni by subscribing to this series on your podcast app. And if you'd like to get involved and make some waves of your own, let us know by emailing alumni at port.ac.uk or click on alumni from the Portsmouth homepage.